on to Wellbeing Wednesdays and Happy New Year. It's our first recording of the year, so I hope you all had a resting and safe holiday out there. Um, but my name is Courtney Weaver. I'm the director over at WellWBU. And with me today, once again, for her third time, is Dr. Jessica Johnston-York from our Carew Center. So hello, Jessica, and Happy New Year to you. Hey, happy, well... You know, happy new year. It feels like much of last year. True. We all thought the dumpster fire of 2020 would somehow cease with the turning of the clock, but it really kind of hasn't, has it? (laughs) Yeah. Time is a flat circle is what I've been hearing lately. It it does feel like that. Yeah. We always like to, everyone's always so, I guess, optimistic about a new year, like a new year, I'm a new person. And it's like, nah, everything's pretty much going to stay the same. We're still in a pandemic. (laughs) We're still in a time of incredible social upheaval. So that actually is what we're going to really be talking about today is the what's happening in our society currently, but really how can we take care of ourselves during this time? So we got someone from the Carew Center, so we can talk a little bit more about self-care. So Jess, what's the first recommendation you have for what you can do for yourself in a time of political unrest? Yeah, I I think that in a time like this where things feel really outside of our control and everything feels very chaotic and unpredictable, one thing that can be really helpful is figuring out what, what we do have control over. And, you know, there's a couple of things there, but some things that come to mind is like, what can I actually take action on? Like what is within my control? So, you know, if you hear a lot about like, oh, write to your representatives, call your representatives. And like that actually has a big impact. You know, they they listen to the people who who vote for them. So if there is a policy you don't support and you want them to take action, let them know. Right. And what's really cool is that nowadays you can send them an email and you don't even have to call if you're uncomfortable talking on the phone like I am because I'm a millennial. Uh, but <laughs> Same. I will not talk to a human on the phone unless I absolutely have to. I use the email templates and... <laughs> Right. And there are even um, like texting services as well that will automatically compose a letter to your representatives for you. And it's pretty, pretty cool. Uh, And that way it's like it's like the lazy activist kind of way. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Well, another way you can, I mean, you can write and call your representatives. If you're able to, you can also give back by donating money or you can donate some of your time to like a racial or social justice organization. So maybe you, with the pandemic, you know, if you're uncomfortable going to a march or a kind of protest, you know, find a local organization or a national organization that aligns with your values and give some money if you can, even if it's, you know, only a few dollars, every dollar kind of helps. Those are things we can do maybe that are outside of us, but what about like internally, what should we be talking about in terms of like our emotions and whatnot? Yeah. I think at a time like this, there's I notice in myself a lot of emotions going on. And, and I imagine you know, that's probably the case for a lot of other people. A lot of fear, anger, confusion, sadness. I, I think just allowing yourself to acknowledge and accept your emotions, not try and force yourself to, oh, I can't feel this. This can't affect me at all. Let me push it away. Feelings don't really work like that. We can't just like push them down and pretend they're not there because what happens is they will they will come out uh, when you're not ready for them. Um, mm-hmm. So I think just acknowledging like, what is the impact that these events are having on me? What does that mean for me? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm taking it back to the movie Frozen where she sings that whole song about conceal, don't feel. Terrible advice. 
terrible. No, that was like child abuse. Yeah. Right. So I think I've mentioned that before, but it's good to, good to say it again. Don't listen to Elsa's parents (laughs) about your feelings. (laughs) Um, But you also might notice some differences uh, in your body, like physically. So it could be that you're feeling maybe a little bit more tired than you normally are, just sort of a general sort of ennui kind of feeling. So like take care of and listen to your body like, would you know you need a break? I know that for me last weekend, because normally I exercise every day of some kind, it's not extreme, but uh, last Saturday I got up, I didn't get out of my pajamas till three o'clock. I was like, my body does not want to do anything. It just wants to lay here and watch this marathon of crappy television for the next six hours. And I did it and I felt a lot better about it. Yeah, take care of your body in whatever way that that means, exactly. Yeah. Uh, And another thing you might find yourself doing, I know I do this, is I'm I'm on social media a lot because, you know, obviously all of my social connections are on there, but I'm also, I also follow a lot of different news sources. And so I often get news from like Facebook or Instagram. And it's hard when these things are happening, you just keep scrolling and scrolling and scrolling. And and there's a term for that called doom scrolling. Um, And it can really take a toll. So another piece of advice is to unplug from that, uh, which is can be really difficult because we all, you know, are struggling with that, like dependence on our electronics, but try unplugging for that, even if it's just for an hour, maybe challenge yourself to it for an hour, see how you feel at the end of it. Yeah, Yeah, I think there's settings you can put on your phone that limit the amount of time you're on certain apps. So if you know, you know, scrolling through Instagram for three hours is not going to be good for you, you know, set a timer. I can have 20 minutes of doom scrolling and then I, I really need to move on now. Yeah. That's a, that's a good idea. Uh, and then when you're unplugging, you know, from these electronics, you could also do other things that you enjoy. So maybe you enjoy moving your body. So doing some kind of exercise, maybe you enjoy reading a book, even if that's on, you know, an e-reader, it's still reading. Um, and then maybe you want to cook a balanced meal, uh, because you got like I did a food processor for Christmas and you need to learn how to use it. Um, or, (laughs) (laughs) um, and maybe you put down your phone, but you might also turn on the television and watch like your favorite movie or a new favorite show. So those are also ways that we can, uh, take care of ourselves by doing things that we enjoy. Um, and then Jess, do you want to talk a little bit about like practicing meditation as a way for self-care? Yeah, absolutely. I think, in times like these, I, I have a lot of like thoughts running through my head and it can be really overwhelming and I can feel really distracted and pulled in a lot of different directions. And so I think uh, practicing mindful meditation can be a great way to stay grounded and, and present in the current moment rather than, you know, I'm, I'm worrying or dreading the future, you know, which is something I can't predict or control or I'm critical and beating myself up in the past, which you know, may not be super helpful for me either. Mindfulness can help me, you know, be aware of what's happening right now, be present and, and kind of better address what's going on. Um, so meditation can look really different for you, depending on what you need. Um, you know, some people really like it and, and find it really helpful. Um, I've tried to practice meditation and it, it is hard. It is a skill you have to have to work on. 
Um, so I think if, if you're trying this out, like I fully expect that you're going to be distracted and you're going to have to practice bringing yourself back into the present moment. That's, that's just part of the process. I don't know if there is any human who can just like turn off their thoughts entirely. That that's not a thing. Right. Um, yeah. Um, so yeah, working on being in more in the present moment and, and, you know, just expressing gratitude for what is going well in your life. Um, I find that writing daily gratitude, um, you know, writing positive statements about myself, about my life and my experiences can help remind me that, you know, not even though the world is a hellfire right now, there, there is some like positive things. Um, and to kind of acknowledge that too, um, rather than just focusing on everything that that's going wrong. Mm -hmm. And there's also, there's a, I got, I don't know if it's called a technique or not, but (laughs) there's a way that you can ground yourself in the moment. And so maybe like take a beat to, turn your mind off. Um, and this is a, a technique that's been used by, you know, therapists and other mental health professionals before. Uh, and it's very simple. So you look at your immediate environment and you notice five things you can see, four things you can touch, three things you can hear, two things you can smell, and one thing you can taste. And that will help you stay in the present and know that you're safe in that moment. Um, so if you see something like particularly jarring, maybe try doing that and see if that can help as well. Um, yeah, this can be really helpful if you experience trauma, you know, if you're, if you're finding yourself, you know, flashing back to a time and being, being re-traumatized, that can help you really feel grounded in the present moment. Yeah. Uh, and another thing that might be help is you've probably heard this before, but don't read the comments. Uh, that's, I mean, that's just not even in times of unrest, that's just in general, uh, we probably shouldn't be reading the comments because there are folks who their whole mission in life is to be disruptive, uh, in some way, shape or form. So maybe if you see yourself, that can be part of like the doom scrolling process. If you see yourself doing that, maybe once you notice, say, oop, I should stop and move on. (laughs) And along those same lines, um, this is tricky because sometimes the people that this applies to might be related to you or might be someone who's very close to you or your family, but try not to engage with people you know won't change their mind Um, because then it's just a futile argument that goes in circles uh, and it's not good for anybody. So if you know that if you know for sure that that person is still going to have the same thought after your conversation to not put in that emotional labor to take a step back and say, you know what? We don't agree. I'm not going to continue with this. And that can be really, really difficult. And I I know I found myself in some circular arguments like that over the past few weeks. It's, uh, it's tough because you think you can, you, we always think that we can change someone else's mind, but most of the time, that's really not the case. And, you know, this is really challenging when either you really care about that person or you really identify as an activist. And so you you want to be out there, you know, kind of changing the, the way that we, you know, think or interpret. And, you know, I, I think this is a time where we really need to take a step back and take care of ourselves. Um, you know, I, I recently had to unfriend someone on Facebook because I said, you know what, having this distant connection um, right now, based on what I'm seeing is not healthy for me, um, and would not be productive for me to engage in this conversation. So I'm, 
you know, going to remove that person and, you know, instead maybe I'll go on TikTok and look at cute dogs. And that is just better for me. Yes. I actually had a similar situation. I've unfriended a few people the past (laughs) couple weeks. Um, And so I guess on the opposite side of that spectrum is um, if you do want to talk, you know, reach out to your support network, reach out to friends and family and just maybe talk. You don't necessarily have to talk about what's happening, but just know, just reach out to them and know that they're still there. Uh, and that can, that can help as well. But if you are finding yourself in more like serious distress, so, uh, there are professional services that are available. So just, do you want to talk a little bit about what's available at Caruth? Yeah, absolutely. So we are continuing to offer Uh, virtual services for students. The majority of our services are free and built in your student fees. Uh, So we still have um, individual counseling services over Zoom. Uh, We have a number of groups that we are offering this semester. And, you know, related to what you were saying, Courtney, about like talking to people who who get it, um, who have similar experiences, I think groups can be really great because you can meet with like-minded people or people who have shared experiences and, and feel the sense of, of connection and safety. Um, so in particular, one of the groups that we're um, offering this semester is a uh, BIPOC support group. Um, so students who identify um, as um, BIPOC. And so that may be a, a good place to start if that's a, a shared experience for you. Um, if you're interested in, in getting access to our services, uh, you would just call our, our main number. And I know we talked about talking on the phone being hard, so I do <laughs> apologize. You do have to call us. Um, that number is uh, 304-293-4431. And then we can get you scheduled for an initial triage appointment so we can talk about uh, what services are going to be most helpful for you in particular. Nice. And of course, we will put uh, the website for Caruth and their phone number in the description for the podcast. So just in case... People don't have a pen handy if you're listening to this while you're driving. Um, <laughs> yeah, my bad. <laughs> no worries. No worries. Um, I think, uh, and then, so our final self-care tip, I guess, for this time, and this is something that I try to do um, and think about, and Jess, I'm sure that you do this too, is be mindful of what media you are consuming. Um, And so that actually brings us into the second part of this podcast, where we're going to talk about a little bit of critical media consumption, because there are lots of different news sources out there. um, And then social media tends to proliferate um, news in a way that is unheard of at a speed, which is very rapid. Uh, And I don't know if anyone watched that documentary on Netflix called The Social Dilemma, but as it turns out, uh, the algorithms that were created there, uh, they tend to actually proliferate um, false news a little bit more than actual news. So we're going to talk a little bit about how we can think about what we're looking at. So some questions to ask ourselves. So first one, how are you receiving your information? Are you going right to the source of something? Um, Or is it something that you've seen like in a tweet or in a Facebook post that's a screenshot? Because I think those are really popular now, particularly with memes. You know, you see people say funny things. But in this age, you're also seeing it could be that there it's a live reporting of an event or maybe someone's opinion of that event. Uh, And so do you know what the actual source of that information is? Yeah. And very important to look at that because there's definitely been times where I've seen some headlines that have looked really outrageous. 
And then I realized it's from a satire site. So I should definitely not take it seriously. So right. definitely look at that source. Right. The Onion is not an actual <laughs> not a factual organization. It definitely is more satirical. Um, so yeah, make sure like legit news sources tend to cite their sources. So make sure that you're seeing that itself. Um, and then think about if your source has some kind of confirmed bias. Um, and that, that can be kind of difficult to figure out if you're not overly familiar with like di the different types of news sources. Cause maybe in your background, you only listened to like one channel when you were growing up, or maybe you were exposed to several different ones, but how do you know if there's a bias? Um, there's actually an organization that has created a media bias chart. I'm going to also put the link to this chart in the description of the podcast, but um, it's the adfontesmedia.com, but they have uh, a chart that basically maps out the political leanings and the reliability of the content of, I mean, dozens, if not like over a hundred different news sources. And when you look at the chart, you really want to focus on who was in the middle and at the top, uh, because those are the ones that are most likely reporting facts and the ones that are most likely not leaning left or right. Uh, and actually, the first top, the first one up there is AP Reuters. I think they've spelled like pronouncing that right. I don't <laughs> actually know, uh, but, but they're actually seen as like pretty much the most non-biased news source. So. Good to know but we'll put that we'll put that chart and the charts are updated i believe on a monthly basis so currently the december 2020 chart is available um but you can also see previous ones like from november 2020 and all the months uh prior and then they they also talk about the uh, method it went into to chart the different organizations uh and i recommend you check that out if you're concerned about how they came up with their their findings um so i don't know jess have you seen that chart have you seen it before yeah yeah i have i didn't know that they they updated regularly so that's really helpful yeah. um but i i think i was excited to see that that some of the new sources i follow were in in sort of that that middle and higher ground and mm -hmm. i think that helped me select like where the sources that i want to go to to get reliable information mm -hmm. and then i also like signed up for you know, daily coverage so that, you know, I'll, I'll get like a notice on my phone that, you know, here's an email skim through, or, you know, there's certain podcasts that, that have daily um, updates. So I can check in, get my media coverage and then check out um, rather than constantly looking through updates all day long. Yeah, no, that's, that's really good. Uh, and I know I've been um, throughout the past couple of years, like there are certain new sources that I hadn't ever heard of before, but came to my attention because they were the, um, the focus of like a, con of a controversial statement made by someone in power, but actually they're a nonpartisan news source. And I'm talking about here ProPublica, but they're a fantastic news source and they do really in-depth reporting, similar to like Spotlight and the Boston Globe. Um, and they are throughout the country do uh, this work, but I'm plugging them. I'm not, they're not sponsoring this podcast, but they're a good piece <laughs> of news. So, <laughs> so maybe they should consider sponsoring. <laughs> maybe they should. No, they're a nonprofit. They're not going to sponsor. <laughs> um, all right. So um, make sure, and 
something that I like to do is, you know, finding, look how different um, news sources cover the same event. Like, how are they framing the events uh, that they're covering? Are they saying certain things? Are they not saying certain things? I like to, like, see and how they compare. And then somewhere in there is the truth. Uh, but that's also a lot of work. And I know some people don't have the time or patience to do that. Um, but if you can, look at multiple sources. Um, and then I always think it's good to check out international news sites. Uh, you know, look at the BBC or look at Al Jazeera. Like you'll see that they are reporting on things that are happening in our country in a way that's different. Uh, and it's always important to get a perspective that is not American, I should say. I don't know. Does that make me not patriotic? I don't know. Um, <laughs> and then actually... Sometimes you can get the best stuff from your local news coverage as well, because they often are reporting just on the facts and they're not providing, a, you know, an analysis of that, uh, like you might see on, you know, the large major news networks. Um, so check that out as well. Jess, do you have any other ideas for like or tips for folks? I think just being, you know, aware of, you know, as you're as you're reading through things, is there a language that is persuasive or, you know, you know just, just be critical in, in terms of how things are, are reported. Um, and, you know, this, this might be searching around until you find something that you feel like you can reliably connect with. And, and maybe part of it is that, you know, I need to do a little more reading on this particular topic before I feel like I, I have a firm grasp over what's going on. Yeah, that's really good. Yeah. Is, is the article you're reading trying to convince you of something? That's always something important to note. Um, so uh, we'll, we'll wrap this up. And thank you again, Jess, for uh, participating this time. And I know that uh, we usually do a well-being snapshot, but the like I've been saying, the past, I don't know, year that we've been doing this podcast, it feels like every topic that we've done has been the snapshot. Uh, but I know that the events at our Capitol building that happened by the time this podcast is published two weeks ago, um, I know it was a, it's likely to become a defining moment in our nation's history. And years from now, kind of like, you know, the moon landing or 9-11, you're going to know where you were um, when it was happening and you're going to remember <laughs> what you were doing, how you were feeling. Uh, and it's a strange feeling to know that we're living in a poignant time in our history. <laughs> like, it's, it, it's, it's something else. I don't know how to describe it. Maybe you have better words, Jess. <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's heavy, you know, it, it's, it, you know, it's, it's a lot. And so I think, you know, when, when we think about, this past year, you know, I, I know a lot of people have talked about like, oh, and this pandemic, I learned how to bake bread and I learned to speak a new language. Like, no, <laughs> no one is, no one is actually doing all these things. Just, I hope that in this time you can reflect on, you know, did I take care of myself? Uh, did I, did I get me, my needs met? Was I gentle with myself? Because, you know, yeah, Courtney, this is a, a pretty um, impactful, monumental time. And I, and I hope that um, you're doing what you need to take care of yourselves. Ditto. All right. <laughs> On that really eloquent note of mine, uh, we'll end it. We'll thank, <laughs> you all, 
Thank you all for listening. We appreciate it. And uh, thanks again to Jess for being a third time guest. And we'll bring her back eight more times. Eight more. Oh, God. Just decided. (laughs) Uh, All right. Well, thank you all for listening. And we'll catch you next time on Wellbeing Wednesdays.